0: Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. Grab your cup of coffee or your tea, sit back, and let's chat about what is happening up in the stars above for the week, the last couple of days, anyway, of August and the first week of September. It's hard to believe that we're already headed right into the arms of the autumn, and if you're down south or down under, heading into the springtime. It's always been my favorite time of year as the leaves began to change color and they begin to fall. Things like pumpkin spice and vanilla chai and hot coffee or hot tea all sound so much more inviting. So I often look forward to this time of the year. Not only that, there's pumpkins everywhere. There's cooler weather. You can already see it set in here in the Pacific Northwest today cloudy cool probably showery later but it's my favorite kind of weather so there you have that um i'm so sorry that i wasn't able to be with you on friday it was a very emotional week and i i can't even tell you it was just emotional every time i turned around i was crying every time i um tried to even think about what to say to all of you or what to say or what to do? I just dissolved into a puddle, and literally, my my chair has become my friend. I almost felt like I was glued to it for the last days of the week last week, and especially on Friday, as I I just awoke with this very sad, heavy feeling. And as it turns out, it turned one of our dear followers, uh, one of our community members had passed away on friday now her death um her death is really upsetting but we also knew that she was going to pass and i just i I, i'm I'm stuttering here because i really want to say who she was but i know she was such a private person that she would probably be irritated with me from the other side even if i said who she was but i'm going to say it her name was phoebe shaw and as I told her many times in the conversations we had about her charts, I wanted to grow up and be like her. She had such an adventurous spirit and such a big heart. And she was an uh, uh, a consummate seeker, a seeker of truth. And um, it's she was in her 80s 80 or 81 I can't remember Ursula you might want to put that in there and and say how old she was I know she was up in at least 80 and I was always amazed at how she would just pick up and drive across the country to go visit friends or family and do that even at her age and all by herself and I so the world will miss you Phoebe we know you're there on the other side now helping us. And in some ways, after I found out that she had passed away, I felt a bit comforted as I was hoping that she would go and find Brian and give him messages of love from all of us. Okay, good morning, Kathleen. She was 80. Okay, that's right. She was going to be 81. She was a, is is a Scorpio and would have been 81 coming up here very soon. Christine Buckingham, good morning to you. No apologies necessary at all. Thank you so much. J.Lo. lo good morning. Ursula, thank you so much for putting the age there. Kathleen Mallory, hello. Christine says, may she rest in peace. She sounded like an awesome person. I think she was totally awesome. I think every person's awesome and they all, every person, whether they're living or they've passed on, have contributed to the beauty of this planet in some way and the uh, lives of the people they've touched. So my heart goes out to her family, grieving the loss of Phoebe. But I also just feel like she's very close, very close to us here today. Corey, good morning to you. It's good to see you. And anybody else out there who's just joining us, it's great to be here this morning. Mimi, hello. And uh, I'm happy to be here. Now, uh, today, we're, we have a week of energy that to me is quiet. It's not, um, it's not raging, yelling at me kind of energy this week. We start with sort of the air of restoration. And by restoration, I'm not talking about how we restore pictures or how we restore, you know, things to their right and perfect order. I'm talking about how we restore ourselves, how we recoup our energy by resting or through withdrawal, even at times, or how we um, can bring all of our disparate parts together. And I had one of those very interesting days on Friday, as I was um, contemplating first thing in the morning, the emotional feelings that I had. And I I don't even know where they came from. That's, you know, I mean, I know, obviously, it's grief, right? I get that. But I can't tell you what the triggers are, because it comes unbidden. Sometimes it just like, descends like a curtain, you know, closing down over me. Um, so I was sitting in my chair. And I was thinking about, okay, can you pull yourself together? Can you pull yourself together? That's what I kept asking myself. And um Suddenly, I, I'm holding my phone in my hand, and this email pops up from this woman whose list I belong to. And I suddenly was so irritated. I'm like, why am I getting your emails every day? Every day I get emails from this woman, and I was just fit to be tied. And so I went, I opened up the email with the purpose of going to scroll down to the bottom and click on uh, unsubscribe, right? I was like fuming and then all of a sudden i see the the message in the body and it says pull yourself together <laughs> and it was a it was about a book <laughs> a book called pull yourself not yourself but yourself together and it was talking about alternate realities and different timelines and dimensions i mean those were the words at the end of the title and i went oh my god i started just cracking up because that was my message right i mean i don't know why it was that that day on friday i was so darn irritated with this woman's messaging um but the message was perfect immediately i downloaded the book and i want to say i can't even remember the author because i downloaded it onto my kindle and i don't have my kindle sitting here where i am but it was pull yourself together if you want to take a look at it, just do a search for that and you'll find it. It's something about dimensions and alternate realities. <laughs> and I just thought this is perfect for me to hear right now. And I'm already like at chapter 15 in the book. I'm more than halfway done. And her her, um, her trip through grief is way different than mine. Um In fact, her, but the story, no matter what the story was, I found that it was really calling to me because so many of the things that she started experiencing um, are things that I've been experiencing and hers began out of a grief, but um, really started even a little bit before that grief uh, set in. And I just found it one of those things that I really wanted to know more about. So there was that. So restoration to me this week, then with, uh, and, and mostly this is coming from the human design gates that the sun and the earth are at, really made me feel like this was the perfect time for me to sort of just step back and to... Look back into my life and see where it is that I want to go. Because a part of the thing that I'm experiencing through all of this is I feel totally off my center. I don't know what to do for you all anymore, uh, as a community. I don't know what my messaging is. Um, It's almost feels like I I I got lost. Like I can't. I remember the last show I did before Brian died was July 9th, And I was on fire that day. I remember that I felt really good about what I was doing. I felt really good about what was going on. I was preparing a human design course that uh, I was going to launch. Um, I was actually going to launch it in August. (sighs) Teaching people, healers, counselors, coaches how to use human design to help their clients. And now I, and I was in the midst of a book. I I can't even get back to any of those things, um, so it leaves me feeling like, well, where did my message go? Right, where where did it go? And and I know what all of you are going to say. You're all so very supportive, and I love that, but I still don't know. Right, there's that. So I feel like this week gives us this opportunity to step back a bit and to reintegrate maybe parts of ourselves. Um, to, you know, listen deeply to the voice from within, and to be able to see or feel or sense or intuit, um, which makes me think, oh, feel, uh, as we're in the Pleiadian week, the umbrella week of one feeling, right, feeling uh, our ways back into uh, who we truly are, and what is the true path for ourselves. And interesting, because we start the week, With the moon in gemini one of my favorite placements of the moon even though it creates that mindful full f-u-l-l full of thoughts and possibilities and ideas that can sometimes lead to scattered thinking i just love this moon for the potential that it brings because the what-ifs and the possibility thinking is also triggered as we go into this week so we have a lot of really good things that uh, can possibly come from the week if we just hold our space and maybe wait for guidance uh, wait for the message to come in right to wait and see and to in the process practice self-care which is people uh, all of you my friends that have been reaching out to me all of my family telling me the same thing it's all about self-care and That's an important thing. If I'm experiencing it right now, you all are likely experiencing it or needing it in some way as well, because we're all connected. It may not have been triggered by something as profound as uh, the death of a child, but for whatever it is that may have triggered you this week is a good week for doing that kind of work. Now, as we begin the week, as I said, the moon is in Gemini. And remember that Gemini is a sign of communication, motion, action, activity kind of motion. Um, It is a sign of learning. And as well, all of the things that we think of as this mental, um, the mental field, right? The thoughts, the process of thinking, and how that can sometimes lead us down (laughs) into stinking thinking. But on the other hand, can also lead us into the beautiful uh, following of curiosity strands and new ideas, etc. So as we look at the Gemini moon, it starts with motion and activity right here with restlessness. There's that feeling that we have to do something, that we have to go somewhere that we have to just move, right, just to move short trips, are also a part of this where we can get in the car or get on our feet and just start moving right walking or running or you know taking short trips somewhere Um, learning so Gemini is a sign of learning and it is about learning new things seeing possibilities I always call it pulling threads like something like um, an idea will come up or a book right it's often it's a book Uh, or it's something someone will say to me that triggers me to go looking then on I go on a quest the quest is a curiosity quest and it causes me to seek and to look for more more information um, more of what I need in order to get the answers so learning is a part of this but also on the other hand it's about the communication that we have once we find these ideas Right. Once we're struck with something profound, what's our natural inclination to share? And Gemini moon energy wants to share through writing, through speaking, perhaps teaching. Um, On the other hand, it is also a sign of listening, because if you're always doing the talking, you're not listening. So it is balancing the listening and it is balancing the speaking. Right it is also a sign that takes us into the logical side of the brain, where the facts and the figures make sense, where the stream of thought is almost in a more linear fashion. And in that we have the ability to see patterns, we can um, see the next steps, perhaps, or we can even at times get to that monkey mind that's just chattering at us. Uh, about what to do who to be where to go what should i be doing blah 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 right all that stuff so i'll have to watch for that this uh next couple of days gemini is also a social sign very much like libra in the areas of tact and acceptance and loving the people they're with there is um Uh, that communication and that acceptance of other ideas and other ways of thinking that are potentially with us here during these next couple of days. And as well, if we get into the more negative, lower vibration energies of Gemini, we can get into that overactive thinking, the mental focus, the excessive questioning, right? Why, what, how, when, and all of those questions, can pressure us and we're going to see later this week that's going to come into play as the sun and earth combination move up into the head center where the pressure is to answer those questions how what when why where and who i'm sure i'm missing something can you prove it so what we need right now is the time to restore ourselves so that when we get to that later part of the week i believe it doesn't start till saturday so starting on saturday we can get into this um uh, is it saturday yeah saturday so that we can be prepared for what will likely be a flood of mind energy that gets triggered in gemini there's superficiality like we just want to skim over the top of things interesting if we remember last week we were talking about axes right the axis we were talking about was pisces and virgo but now we're looking at the the axis of gemini and sagittarius sagittarius likes to go deep right but gemini likes to go wide so we have gemini energy kind of taking us in different directions but not necessarily down to the depths but we also have that sagittarius polar energy that on the opposite side that may trigger us to go deep into something let's just hope it's not a rabbit hole right don't go down that rabbit hole of negative thinking or spiraling down into an emotional funk try not to anyway um but if you are in that position where you start to see yourself spinning down or spinning into that rabbit hole, grab a hold of yourself and ask the question what purpose does this serve right what purpose does this serve there's also an air of nervousness around Gemini energy when it it becomes and, and remember this is this is energy that is triggered right now. Because not only do we have the moon there today, we also have the planet Ceres, the goddess, the mother goddess, we have the black moon Lilith now in Gemini energy. And we have the continuing passage of the north node uh, and the south node across the axis of Gemini and Sagittarius. So this is profound for us in this moment. And the uh, nodes today form a T square to the sun. And maybe I can show you a picture of this. I don't have this where I can show it. So I'm going to show it this way. So a T square is formed by the opposition of two planets. So here we have the North node and here we have the South node and it has a point and it points over to, in this case, the sun and your, uh, the ascendant. So you can see maybe the letters AC there. There we go. And that just means that's the ascendant of this chart that I pulled this morning. And the empty space then over here, the balancing point is going to be in Sagittarius, right? So Sagittarius energy. And uh, sorry, no Virgo energy. I'm losing it. The balancing point, because the sun is in Virgo is going to be in Pisces. And in Pisces, we have moving to spirit, moving inward, right? Moving to the center or core of our beingness. So let me just say that again. Gemini and Sagittarius are holding the opposition point. So what we have is a lot of seeking, a lot of truth seeking, a lot of mind action. They're pointed at the sun in Virgo and those are squaring Virgo. So the nodes are squaring the sun in Virgo. And that creates another mind connection, right? Because Virgo is ruled by Mercury. So there's still the mind, the mind seeking perfection, the mind seeking order. And the opposite point, the balance point is going to be in Pisces. And in Pisces, we have spirit, we have the undoing of the mind. So the potential for balance in the week, especially today, uh, is going to be around undoing the mind through connecting to our spirit. I hope that makes sense to everybody. I didn't mean to confuse you. I just got on a roll there and had to complete that thought. Um, And remember, too, that indecision is also a part of the air signs, and it's a part of Gemini energy, the moon in Gemini bringing us maybe the the wanting to make decisions the wanting to push forward but the indecision because we don't see everything clearly yet that doesn't mean that's going to be the way the whole week it just means that maybe we're too tired <laughs> we're too uh drawn out by all the thoughts or all the feelings or all the the mixed messages and I mean, face it, the planet is pulling us like a rag doll in all of these different directions with big storms with war issues with you know just people dying and people um sick and covid, oh my lord, you know, all of these things right are just building up in us and you know we're a part of this change on the planet, but, Sometimes we feel ill-equipped to deal with it, right? Some I know I feel ill-equipped some days to deal with all of the changes that are going on here in my own personal life, much less what's going on in the world around me. And maybe that's the lesson, right? Maybe that's the lesson is that we cannot control or even maybe a, a fathom or try to understand the changes that are going on in the bigger, wider world uh, because it's uh, we have to bring it into us as individuals. So there's that. Um before I switch over to oh no let's finish uh the moon in gemini the health of the body in um in gemini it rules the things that we think of as the twos right so the two hands the wrists the arms in general the shoulders the lungs and breathing then is a gemini function interesting right i know i'm a very shallow breather and sometimes i just have to remind myself to deep breathe Fill my lungs, expel all the old air. So breathing to me will be the way for the next couple of days for us to feel more grounded, to have more ability to be calm, to get out of that nervousness, perhaps, because Gemini also rules the nervous system, right? So the nervous system also part of the experience that we'll have for these next couple of days. Uh, Okay, so I'm going to go back and do some comments, and then I'm going to share the astro design of of Gemini energy and the day. Amy Energy Tarot. Oh my gosh, it's so good to see you. Um, Sending much love to all. Carol Ann Driver. It is a challenge right now just to remain calm or to get calm. Definitely, Um, J Lo. You are just in that moment of the void, and it's okay to be there. You're fully living in astro design as you teach us thank you very much jlo mimi yes yes and yes we are being gifted with a bit of cave time for that restoration cave time remember wasn't it um it was last week last monday i drew the brown bear for all of us for the week and whenever i think of bear i think of in, uh, introspection coming going within right coming within and and doing that work. So maybe that was what was up to solar plexus ascending Ursula says, definitely, right? We know that the solar plexus is in the process of being um, upgraded, if you will, it is in an evolutionary process, it is likely in the involution process at this point in time. And remember too, that Neptune had moved backward into the gate 22 on the solar plexus, which is the gate of involution, the changing of us inward, the grace that we need to be able to make these changes. So I forgot about that too, so great one. Um, Carol Ann says, it helps for me just to hear you talk about similar things that I'm going through. It's good to know that other people are also having issues with keeping ourselves together, right? Uh, good morning, Ingrid. I love you, too. It's great to see you. Sylvester. Good morning to you. Um, everybody, Tammy Collins Smith. Good morning. Corey sounds like a wonderful woman. May she rest well. Indeed. 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 Okay. Um, am I missing comments? Debbie Tibbetts to meal. Good morning. It's great to see you. J. says Gemini rising here. Sylvester, maybe that's why we feel it more. Ah, yes. Sylvester says, I resonate with what you're saying. I'm a Gemini moon. It's been hard sleeping. You know, sleeping is just about the only thing that I'm doing really well at right now. (laughs) Not that I'm disparaging myself, but when at least I go to bed at night, I sleep. And that's something that is kind of a blessing, probably because I'm running so much energy during the day. Uh, And of course, my eyes have just been really irritated with me with all the crying and the emotion. Uh, So sleep, yay, that's a good thing. Um, Let's take a quick look right now. Um, Let me share my screen. And then we can see the human design chart for the day uh, or for the week. Now, what you should be seeing is a human design chart called Gemini Gates, And on the right here, I've listed all the gates that the moon will be in over these next couple of days. So today, the moon has uh, already completed its transit through the gate eight of contribution and the gate 20 of the now. And today we're in the gate 16 of enthusiasm and the gate 35 of experience. So I marked these just a little bit differently so we could distinguish the moon's presence in those gates today. But I want you to notice that almost all of these gates from the 8, the 20, 16, 35, 45 and 12 are all sitting on throat center that just totally solidifies. The fact that Gemini is a sign that is connected to the voice to the throat center in our human design chart and the throat center being the center, a gearbox, if you will, for bringing energy to the throat to be spoken or to be shared or to be um, let go into the world. And it is also a center of manifestation, right? Because in the beginning, God said, "And then there was," right? So we get this connection. Doesn't I mean it doesn't matter if you believe in Christianity or any of that. I'm just saying that there was this connection to manifestation based on the voice, and Gemini brings that or epitomizes that energy, and we see it very graphically here in our Human Design charts. Um, so. The energy of the last day uh, was of the gate eight, the very uh, ending of the gate eight, because most of the gate eight falls in Taurus energy. But the very beginning part of Gemini is at the last part of the gate eight, which is about what we want to use our voice to do in the world. What do we want to manifest in the world? It brings out contribution energy. So those of you who have the eight defined normally in your chart, you're already familiar with this, how how you can step up and contribute something, Uh, how you, you know, somehow just have the right piece of information, uh, the right thing uh, to, to, to do or the right thing to be in the right moment for the right person and there's a feeling in you when you have the gate eight defined of wanting to make that contribution it can almost drive you to do so well the moon in human design is actually about drive right it's about the drive to do something or to make that contribution and so what we have then is the energy of going out into the world to contribute then the moon moved over to the gate 20 And the gate 20 puts us in the now energy. And when I say the now energy, what I mean here is the gate 20 is about being in response because it connects up here, down here, I mean, to the sacral. When it's connected to the sacral, it becomes the archetype of the manifesting generator. So if you are a manifesting generator, you already know this. That when you are in response to something that shows up in your outer world, not something that comes up from the mind uh, or from ideas or from meditation, when you are responding to your outer world, there is great power. It sort of orients us right into the moment of the now. And that's an important thing for you to understand that the moon for all of us was in the 20 that was reorienting us into this moment. Now, today we move into the sixteen. The 16 is the gate of enthusiasm. It is also where we share of our passions, right? Where it becomes something catching. If you are, think about the times that you've been sharing with other people where it was something that you loved, right? Information that you loved or something, you know, when you were in your work, your right work, and you're sharing all the things that you love, how easy that was, right? And how it was catching. That enthusiasm is catching. So the gate 16, the moon bringing that up and the 16, interestingly enough, connects to the gate 48, where we were uh, playing with Venus just a few days ago, right? Venus was at 48 and we also have the North Node sitting at the gate 16 right now. So today it is about really getting clear as to what it is that we're passionate about and living from that passion and sharing from that passion without getting stuck in the fear of not being adequate enough, not being good enough, not having enough information because we all have everything we need right inside us to share enthusiastically with the world what it is that we truly love. So, that's the moon right now. A little bit later today the moon will move over to the gate 35. Now, 35, I sometimes think of it as the gate of um uh the Jack or Jill of all trades, right? This is a gate that is about experience. It's very experiential energy. That means that it brings us to sharing from a place of experience, not just what I know in my mind, just not the gibberish that I want to speak because I like the sound of my own voice, but from the voice of experience, right? So sharing with humankind, Your experiences, your high highs, your low lows, and all the places in between, and helping others to see that their experiences are valid, that sometimes experience is more valuable than the concept of success or failure, because it really isn't about that in this gate. It's about the experiences, the common experiences that we share. And the experiences that we're having in the moment that maybe others will experience later. um, Or maybe even our observation of the experiences that other people are having and triggering maybe our compassion and our humanity to want to be able to be with others in that experience. So that's that gate. Now tomorrow, the moon will move through the 45 and the 12. The 45 is an interesting gate. It has a financial component to it. If this line that, if when it connects to the 21 is often called the money line, it is a gate of distribution. It understands distribution. It understands that if we have um, a set number of things that we can share, a set number of dollars that we can spend, a set number of baskets of goodies that we can give to people, that what we need to do is make it sustainable to distribute those resources that we have in a way that's sustainable that is able to create more a pathway to more and interesting because uh, we've had the gate 55 triggered last week with the earth right the 55 is the gate of abundance and so abundance was triggered last week and now we have the moon coming in through the 45 saying okay how are we going to distribute abundance whether it's money whether it's time whether it's any other resource your wisdom etc your voice your words it's right there in the gate of distribution then we move to the gate 12 the great gate 12 just above it is called the gate of the channel now when that gate becomes defined and this is again tomorrow um, it will be uh, connected to the gate 22 because neptune is sitting at 22 and that means that we will all be in receivership, if you will, of some pretty powerful ahas or uh, wisdom or information that we're getting from a spirit, plain and simple. And I, I often think of the 12 as our connection to super consciousness. Where does super consciousness reside? Hard to say. Maybe just in the consciousness field, right? The morphogenetic fields. Maybe it's streaming to us from the um, the galactic center, maybe it's encoded in some of the energy that comes to us from the sun. And I don't know if some of you've noticed this, but the sun has become highly activated over the last several days and sending out lots of uh, CMEs and uh, energies in in the form of light waves. And those light waves contain packets of information, packets of energy, and we're in receiving of that. So tomorrow, uh, as the sun, or excuse me, as the moon moves through that gate 12, maybe it'll be an interesting thing to have a piece of paper or your journal or your recording device so that you can record some of the things that might be coming through to you. And then finally, just before the moon shifts out of the sign of Gemini and into Cancer, it will move through the gate 15, which is the gate of humanity, also called the gate of the love of humanity. It becomes a gate where we share through compassion and uh, uh, sympathy and empathy with our fellow human beings, but it is also an energy that has a lot of, of um, extremes of expression attached to it. So we have to be careful that we don't become overly emotional because the moon will be moving into the sign of cancer and we'll want to be aware of all of that. Now, I also put here where the sun and Earth are, uh, because that's the uh, placement for the next several days and this is this is really an interesting place because it's one of the few times that the Sun and Earth on a transit uh, through the human design actually complete a channel together. Um, it happens when the sun is at forty three and twenty three and it happens when the sun is at forty and the Earth is at thirty seven or conversely when the earth is when the sun is at 37 uh, the earth will be at gate 40 so we have the corollary also now this particular let's deal with the gate first let's deal with the gate 40 because the gate 40 is where the sun is so there's a lot of spotlight energy on the 40 and the 40 is called the gate of restoration. So this is where I'm getting this restoration energy. And in the gate 40, what we have is the need to at some point withdraw and to be whole and complete as an individual. And that means because the opposite gate, the earth is in a gate that's often called the gate of the family. uh, It is a gate of connection of community or communing with one another. And finding peace and harmony and love is also a part of the function of that gate. It's a bonding kind of energy. Sometimes we can get so caught up in the bond and how we are living with others that we start to process everything through the family or through our community. And then we lose a part of ourselves in that. So restoration, the sun pulling us to that part that we can use to figure our own selves out, right? To be aware of who we are and our own needs to restore a bit of ourselves in that process. The gate 37 where the earth is, is about the family. And I think probably the primary challenge here, it is in my chart, of course my north node and my south node are at these gates. And it makes sense to me because I sometimes have the conundrum in my life between myself and my own needs versus my family or my community needs. And I want to be able to do both, but I feel sort of sometimes I'm too much on one side or the other. So my life in my chart has been about how do I balance the community and my own personal needs? Then for all of us now with the sun and earth here, we have to do the same thing. So whether you have it in your chart natally or not right now for this week, it is up in our faces and it brings up for us because it connects a channel, it brings up for us the agreements that we've made with people with the, within our um, society, within our families and communities and uh, begs for us to t- take a look at what what those agreements are all about, right? The sometimes this channel is called the channel of the bargain, where we've made bargains, it is sometimes called the channel of marriage, because it embodies the contracts that we make the contract of marriage specifically, and it developed at a time in our energy signature where the bonding of families Uh, in a marriage could bring peace, right? So two nations that had similar um, interests, or maybe dissimilar interests even, would bring together through the bonding of marriage, the um, commonalities that would, would, you know, solidify their relationships through the contract of marriage. So it began out that back then as the agreements that we would make with one another right so the agreements through marriage but also through business agreements etc so at this moment in time it is really kind of in our phases faces for us to take a look at the agreements that we've made and are they sustainable do they make sense One of the biggest things that I can uh, think of right now for all of us in the bigger, wider world is the whole Afghanistan thing that is going on as a society um, or as a culture. The West made an agreement at some point back in early 2000s to go to war with the forces of Islam or um, the Taliban in Afghanistan for good reasons or not. I'm not debating that part at all. What I'm saying is now we are in a process of re-looking at that agreement and or that uh, contract that we made and deciding that it isn't sustainable, that we're needing to pull ourselves out of it. Now, sometimes we do things that are not sustainable, even in the reorganization of the agreement. I think that's apparent as well. But you can see that this particular energy is playing out and this week we should see all different kinds of things in our own personal lives, or even in our outer world about the agreements that we make to be together, um, or how we're going to bond or how we're going to share or distribute resources and uh, how we want to keep to our word, right? How do we want to share of our resources? It is also a channel that is redirecting its energy during the solar plexus mutation that is happening in our, um, solar, in our solar plexus, but in human design, uh, generally speaking. So it is a pressure area for sure at the moment. So interesting that the sun and the earth are sitting in that particular place during this week. All right, questions, comments. Uh, those are not. Uh, Emma Crossley, hello, It's great to see you. Gemini rising for her. You're feeling this. Jennifer Schreiber, good morning to you. Jlo says hello, Debbie and Jennifer. Um Jlo says, yes, I have that app that shows the burst and also watch the Schumann Schumann resonances, I think you're talking about. So um, that that's the sound of the earth. That's the Earth's resonance. And JLo says that actually has all my centers defined. Pretty interesting for me. And I have my conscious Mars in 37.4. So with Mars, it, this could be a, um, a bit of a challenge, right? It could be a challenge to keep to your agreements or to let go, release agreements that you've made that no longer suit, no longer fit, right? So we have a lot of uh, potential places for us to look at during this particular week. Now, as we move on into the later part of the week, and we'll probably go into this deeper on Friday, because it doesn't happen until the weekend. And that's the shift out of the 4037 and into the head centers, the 64 and the 63 at either end of the head center, the 64 being the gate of confusion. It is the gate of the uh, its mental pressure to determine what ifs right? To examine life through the lens of questions. And you know how that goes, right? You know how that goes, the more questions we ask, like how, how's that going to happen? When is that going to happen? How can I make that happen? Is that really going to happen? The more confusion we get, right, the more confused we can become. So that will happen later in the week. But also, uh, it's the possibilities energy, right? There's always the possibilities, the what ifs can bring, what if I just relaxed all of my expectations of who I am or who what I'm supposed to do or who I'm supposed to be and just let me be in the moment. What if, right? What ifs? Also, the earth uh, later in the week will bring us to the gate of self-doubt or doubt, not self-doubt. We often turn it into self-doubt. So we'll have a lot of mind energy as the week goes on. So definitely take the time you have now to rest and relax and restore so that you have the mental capacity to be able to work through the things that might be pressuring you later on this week as far as it goes with the mind Uh, let's take a look right now at the main events of the week so today monday we have the moon coming to a square with the sun we call this a crisis moment this is called the crisis of consciousness it is the square between the sun and the moon that happens post full moon and pre new moon So it is a point in time where the challenges that we face need to be met with new ways of believing or new ways of thinking, new consciousness. It always reminds me of, um, I think it's Einstein that said that our, I'm paraphrasing, that our troubles or our solutions will not be found in the same level of consciousness from which they were created. So it begs us to elevate our consciousness to step back to step out to step up to step in so that we can see things from a different point of view. Because if we keep trying to solve things from the level at which we've been at, we're bumping our heads up against a brick wall. And oh, hey, let me check something here real quick. Yep, yeah, Pluto, Pluto is, I forgot he had, he's in retrograde, he's moved back into the gate 61, which is also in the head center. So as we get to the end of the week, all the gates on the head center, the very top center are going to be activated. Pluto's activation in the shadow is about psychosis, trying to do the same thing over and over while expecting a different outcome. Doesn't work. Doesn't work. We know that. But we keep doing that. So we're being elevated consciously in consciousness as we move through the end of this particular week. Wow, 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 wow. So the crisis today might be the personal crisis of your own consciousness. And how do I, um, what's up there? What, what's, what is all of this that's around me, in me? Uh, and how might I need to, you know, go to the next level? How do I go to that next level? Tomorrow, Tuesday, we'll have the void of course moon, it'll be activated at 1:49 pm Pacific Coast Time. So 349, 449 for those of you on the East Coast, which literally means your whole day is going to be fine, pretty much without the need to worry too much about the moon going void. Remember, the void of course moon is kind of a wandering moon. And it makes it hard for us to hold on to anything right at that point in time to make decisions to even I, I mean, I i nod off sometimes in the middle of a conversation with someone when the moon is void. So we'll have that tomorrow until 1026 p.m. Pacific Coast time. So for most of us on the Pacific West Coast or even from the central time zone over, um, you know, a good chunk of your day is going to be in the void. So try to get things done earlier in the morning uh, and then as you go to bed. Uh, the moon will have moved into cancer and start a new round of energy for us. And we'll be out of the void at 1026. For those of you on the East Coast, that puts it at 11:12, 26am on uh, Wednesday morning. Wednesday, we don't have any major transits going on. Thursday, we'll have Mars in an opposition to Neptune. And I, I like this one Mars is sometimes a catalyst, not sometimes he's always a catalyst. He's always going to dig up some kind of action or cause us to confront something and or bring up a dynamic field of energy for us to take action on. When he's opposing Neptune, he's elevating, uh, again, our consciousness, but also our connection to spirit, uh, to releasing our belief systems that we've got entrenched within us, uh, any places where we have this defined you know we know the truth kind of thing we have to sort of hold loose to uh, possibilities and to the potential of what really is when mars comes into that opposition with neptune the moon on friday will also go into the void until 8:59 a.m. so friday morning just as we finish up the morning show will be with the moon in leo We'll talk more about that, obviously on Friday, Saturday, we begin the new human design week where the earth and the sun will be again up in the head center, 64 and 63. And Mercury will also be in a trine to Saturn that day. And so that, that gives me pause. That one gives me a little bit of pause because a trine is um, an ease and flow of energy. Mercury is very mind oriented. Saturn brings focus. And with the human design, sun and earth also in the head center, I think it is going to be a lot of people stuck in their heads as we move through the weekend. So we might have to be able to somehow um, get into our bodies, maybe get outdoors, right? It's a for the US. Anyway, it's coming up to a three day weekend, maybe time to get away, get out into nature and allow the mind to just unwind. Sunday, Venus squares Pluto, that is not necessarily as negative as it sounds, although it affects our relationships and our money and our values, and allows us to see where we might have been too caught up in our mind. Remember Pluto at gate 61. It real, the realization for us might be that we need to become more caught up in the magic, in the wonder, in the awe, of who we are, of who we are together, of what we can do and who we can be when we pull together instead of tear apart. Um, that would be the highest and best use of Venus squaring Pluto. So technically speaking, not not a horror round week, we're not looking at, you know, uh, a lot of of uh, crankiness in the energy field. But I do feel like if you start to feel that crankiness, that it might be a call for us to to be more inward, right to, to be a little more um, in the restorative phase. And that might mean shutting off your phone. Uh, you know, what else I, I discovered about myself over these since Brian died, is that I feel like I'm almost stuck to my phone. And that I, I just realized that last week, I'm like, I'm living for the messages coming through from my family. I'm living for the messages coming through um, the news and uh, the media. And I was like, Oh, my God, what no wonder you're feeling so full, because you're stuck to this, this, like, I'm afraid I'm going to miss something, right? Somebody's going to say something interesting or whatever. So if you're finding yourself in that, in that same place where you're overly connected to your devices, or you're overly connected to the news, it might be a good idea to shut that off. (laughs) to let it go turn it upside down or put it in another room that was a trick i did last week too is when i real had that realization I, I put my phone in one room and i went to the other room so that i wasn't caught up in that mindness that is going on with the telephone um so there's that uh let's take a look quick look i saw i think i said i saw a question here tammy says i have pluto in 40 and the moon in 37 in my human design. Will I have a more intense week? I don't know that you would have a more intense week, but I do think here with Pluto at 40, and I have Pluto at 42. I just realized that my Pluto. So if you were born in 1961-ish, um, your Pluto is likely sitting at the gate 40 and triggering a transformation here in terms of how it is that you're integrating with the world versus how it is that you're taking the time for yourself to restore and to because pluto uh transiting is in a mind gate right the 61 how can you connect more fully to wonder and to the magic of the world the magicalness of the world um also with the moon in 37 there's the heart energy of The 37 is emotional connection to family. So feeling very connected to family or community and wanting to be a part of all of that. So I don't think it's necessarily more intense, but you may definitely feel the call to back off somewhat or to restore yourself or your energy in order to keep going on. Suzanne says that is my ruling planet, the moon. So VOC moon really messes with me. well we have two of them coming up you know just days apart and one the void of course moon in Gemini before we move into the moon sign for you or cancer and then the one that is at the end of the week as we move out of cancer and into Leo so you know be kind to yourself Suzanne and just realize that those might be times where you need to really come inward and do some some work inside Tammy cancer also so family is priority absolutely Absolutely. And you know, what's funny is, I've often felt like, first of all, 4037 is tribal energy in the chart. So we don't we haven't talked much about circuitry yet, because it's complex. And I it's a hard thing to break down for people. But it's the tribal circuitry. And the tribal circuitry is about love, all the circuitries in human design are about love, right? The individual circuitry is the love of self, the tribal circuitry is the love of the relationships we're in. So family, so marriage, so business relationships, etc. And then the collective circuitry is all about the love of the bigger, wider world, the bigger, wider universe, right, universal love. So when we are sitting with the tribal energy being powerfully integrated within us this week, then it pits our self the need to restore our personal selves to the family and the family self, doing giving to the family or to the community, right? Because to me, it's all family. Whether you're blood or you're not, you're family. That's just how I look at things. And I think the 4037 does that. But then it also tends to make us feel more responsible. To the family than it is sometimes that we are responsible to ourselves so we have to learn how to manage that how to balance that if you will tammy and uh that's a part of of learning what is the priority and and where do you figure in that prioritization of of your attention so suzanne says i don't have friends i have family that's kind of how i feel i bet that's because of the cancer moon in my case, it's my cancer rising and my 4037. So there you have that. Kathleen Mallory says, love, love, love. I'm glad you said the circuitry is about love. That is what all the circuitries are about. There are sub-circuits within the circuitry, but even they are really about how we connect to the energy of love, the love of the individual, our self um, being um, the expression of our true and authentic selves in the world, tribal energy being the, the expression of love in the world, love in action in our relationships that we have, and collective love in the wider world. How do we demonstrate? How do we care for um, the universe in a bigger, wider way? So you can see that in, in your own personal chart where you have the most most gates or channels in the circuitry is going to tell you a lot about who you are, right? People who have the individual circuitry very highly activated tend to feel like they have just been dropped on this planet, that somehow they don't fit in, that they have this unique way of seeing things and others don't often understand them. But that is who they are meant to be the love of the individuality, right? My individualness. And some people who have a lot of tribal energy are the ones that will drop everything to go fix a flat tire for a pe- for a family member i was ready to go do that yesterday but i wasn't needed so it was okay um the energy of the collective are the people who are doing the bigger work right the ones that have stepped back and they see the bigger picture of how humanity fits together and how we can collectively come to a space of love it is the aquarian age right i think is collective energy right so uh, so i have um uh, everybody has probably pieces of the circuitry in your chart activated by the planets Um, but likely there's some one of the circuitries that you feel more connected to right you could almost just look at your own life and determine what your circuitry might be by which area of profound love that you share all right Uh, okay, so let's do some cards. I can't even believe it's nine o'clock. I thought I didn't have enough to talk about today. So uh, today I'm going to do spirit animal because I always love to do that. And because we're talking so much this week about restoring, uh, which to me always reminds me of the divine feminine, I'm going to pull a goddess card for us. So let's pick our animal card first. And oh, by the way. Another really interesting thing happened on Friday. Londa had come over to check on me. And we were both sitting in my living room talking. And a giant dragonfly, no lie, giant one, like probably four or five inches. I mean, he was huge or she, whatever, flew into my house. I have lived in this house now for four years. I've never had a dragonfly fly into my house, but it did. Bopped about the ceiling for a few minutes not even a few minutes, maybe a few seconds, and then flew right back out. (laughs) It's like, oh, hi, Brian. Thanks for checking in. Uh, Now I know it might have been Phoebe. (laughs) Could have been Phoebe checking in and saying, hey, Um, today, oh, this is a great card for the week. Oh, I love it. It's the Scarab Beetle Spirit. You can see this. It's beautiful. And it says magic works through you. Magic works through you. It is card number 52, which is a seven. So we have a lot of spiritual energy here in the scarab beetle. Let's see what that means. 52 is going to be back here. And it was right side up. So we have, I skipped it. There we go. Wind coming up. Um, In ancient Egypt, the scarab beetle was revered for the creative magic of scarab beetle spirit reminds us that we can bring forth something extraordinary, seemingly out of thin air. Whenever you let your creativity flow through you, Scarab Beetle Spirit reminds you that Spirit has given you the gift of infinite potential. You have an ally as you fashion something new or repurpose the old, for Spirit co-creates with you, channeling energy through you so that you feel replenished and vitalized as you make magic with what is at hand. Now is a time for great optimism, for you can accomplish anything you desire, and your creative endeavors will come to fruition. Miracles, opportunities, abundance, and love will appear seemingly out of nowhere as you allow spirit to work through you and magically manifest what you need. Scarab beetle. Beautiful, beautiful. Ah, Love it. All right. Let's see what the goddess is for us for the week. We haven't played with the goddesses lately, so perfect timing, huh? So my thought about this goddess card is that she is there to support us as we go through the restoring, rejuvenating, regenerating processes this next few days, this week. Ooh, she needs to be stirred, shaken and stirred. Ooh, we get Nyx, which is secrets. And she was upside down. So she's teaching us something. Nyx. And that is card 39, which is a 12, which is a three. So we have Nyx. Let's see what she means with secrets. 39. So when the goddess cards are right side up, they are an empowerment message. When they are in reverse or upside down, they are an alignment message. So the alignment message for us is the goddess of the night, mystery and secrets, Nix asks you to ask yourself a deep question about denial. What secret have you kept from yourself? Could you be remaining in a relationship that isn't working for you because you won't address the fear of what will happen if you leave or do things differently? Have you been afraid to ask for what you need? Are you in an addictive spiral thinking one more bite of food or one more glass of wine will make you feel better? Whatever it is that you are refusing to face, The goddess Nyx promises if you do, you will be amazed at the beauty of your liberation and power. She offers you this alignment task for you to engage in rigorous honesty and self-evaluation, coupled with a fierce self-love and commitment to growth. Be optimistic because the moment you are willing to name your unease, you claim your inner peace, strength, and hope. You can do it. So we have Nyx and the scarab beetle. That ought to get us through till Friday, contemplating those two things. Okay, that is it for me today. Um, Thank you so much for joining me this morning. I'm hoping I will be fine by Friday, on Friday, to be here with you. If not, if I disappeared, don't worry. I'm just in an emotional space. I will be back. I will be back. I don't leave you forever. You never leave my heart. And uh, take care. All right, bye for now. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.